All right, how's everyone doing? This is episode six of the Homestead Shop Talk, and I'm here with Al from Alumni Acres, Ben from Holler Homestead, and myself, Jason, from Sow the Land. And just to let everyone else know that we are on iTunes, finally. Finally. <laughs> it took it took a while. probably took like over a month to get there, it seemed like. Um, but yeah, and if you're watching on iTunes, or sorry, if you're listening on iTunes, um, leave a review for our podcast and rate it hopefully five stars uh and hopefully it's a positive one but uh yeah that would just help the podcast get up there you know get up there and uh so people could see it more and when they do searches and stuff uh so that we, we would greatly appreciate whoever's listening on itunes doing that so thank you um but today we're going to be talking about our week and we're going to talk a little bit about side hustles. Maybe some side hustles that we've done or even side hustles that uh, that we think about. Al, what would you do this week? It's been a busy, productive week, I'll say that. So I'll start off with what we started with, and then we'll go into some of the newest stuff. So we finally got all the siding done on the house, which felt great. Cause that's been, it seems like, six months that we've been working on that since... Mm -hmm. We had a lift and then we had to return that lift because we couldn't get it out behind the house. We had to wait, I think like three months to get another lift because they were all booked out. So we're able to get the new lift, get it all finished, which feels good because I don't have any more zip board siding showing. It's all covered up with the LP Smart siding. So that feels good. And then we butchered some more chickens. Nice. That was a long day. Yes. How many? 70? Took us about... No, it was 58. So we had lost... We had gotten a bunch of rain in the beginning, so we had lost a bunch of them in the beginning, which luckily we lost them early, so they weren't very big. They were probably like... In the first couple of days to two weeks, so we didn't have a bunch of feed into them, which is nice, because it's always a bummer when they're full-grown when you lose them, because... Oh, yeah. Ooh, I got a lot of money that chicken at yeah. that point that's that's i know one. i know one thing we did different this time is we got the milk cow so any of the milk that we haven't been drinking and you know it's not bad but it's like oh this one's five days old and we have fresh milk coming in i've been soaking i was soaking their feed in the raw milk yeah we didn't have the scale at our house but they were eight weeks old like the same age as the other batch and I'm going to say we had some that were at least two pounds bigger than the other biggest ones. They were like the size of basketballs. Mm. Yeah. Nice. I was, I was happy I wondered that. about so that. You guys got a milk cow. Oh, yeah. yeah. You got a milk cow or any kind of dairy animal. Soak the feed in the milk. Just gives them that much more protein. So. Yeah. I bet you nice. that's going to be some good chicken. <laughs> yeah. We're going to have to do more of it next year. You know, do it right from the beginning, right when they're babies, and see how much of it. I wonder how much of a difference it'll make for starting them. Like, if more of them will survive. Right. They're getting that good rub dairy. Yeah. Maybe for the turkeys. You get, now yeah. you need a milk cow, Jason, <laughs> so you can give it to the turkeys. Maybe you'll never lose it. Yeah. I know. Yeah, maybe. Maybe that's the the trick. <laughs> get a milk cow. Right. <laughs> get a milk cow. You never know. They uh, could be. Was it just you guys who, who butchered? Did you have new people? New people come down? Uh, it was just it was just me and Gina this time. Mm -hmm. That was a yeah good full day. I think it was like four o'clock. By the time we got all done picking up, I think I went outside and started about five a.m. So I was getting ready to get everything all set up. I was getting the plucker, the scalder full, getting getting ready to put hot water in the scalder. And I was right where we were last time underneath my solar panel array. And I got stung by a hornet at oh. 5 a.m. in the morning. I'm like, these guys should be sleeping. Yeah. <laughs> but so I ended up having to move the area we were working in. So I was like, you know what? I'm not working around hornets all morning long. No. Right off the bat, too. <laughs> but I'm glad I, right, I'm glad I got stung before I was all set up. So at least that way I can move everything. <laughs> Because it wouldn't have been fun if I was fighting hornets in the middle of trying to take care of some chickens. Mm -mm. Yeah. 
Must just be the weather for it. I just got stung by a hornet two days ago. They hurt. Yeah, they do. You guys have Japanese That's hornets? Sure. No, not that I know of. Never heard of one. About that big. I, I have. Huge. You guys like have them? If you look it up online, apparently they just barely found them. Like that was a couple years ago. Wow. Oh. But, have you ever heard of an Asian jumping worm? Mm -mm. Mm -mm. I guess they're an invasive species that's here in the U.S. all of a sudden, too. I just saw somebody post something on Facebook that they had gotten compost from somewhere, and they had Asian jumping worms in the compost. Wow. They're like a super invasive <laughs> worm. Goody. No. <laughs> no, there's a, there's a bunch of Japanese hornets in the base of one of our... We have a big tree out in the out in the field and they're they they eat the the sap and so they hang out okay. in the base of it and they in um so they can kill honeybees too and we have our bees oh, wow. and like they'll like destroy them no they basically eat them um and so i'm trying to figure out how to get rid of them but it's a lost cause i think <laughs> you know it's not a nest. What are the Japanese get? hornets? Last uh, last summer, they set up shop down in our farmhouse in the wall, and Ooh. I think I sprayed four whole cans of spray into that hole trying to take them out, and I could not take them out. The only thing that finally got them was when it got cold, they all died. So yeah, yeah, maybe fire. That, that is one thing about <laughs> the hornets. Yeah, they they will die in the winter, but in the meantime, yep. we got bees out there. You know, um, right? I don't know. I saw some things online that you could do, but I might try. But yeah, I know I, I sprayed them too, but I must have I must have unloaded the whole, like two whole cans on. Them. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have any sympathy for hornets or wasps. They hurt and they don't really do much good. So today we started our shop build, which feels good to have that going i'm hoping in two weeks ish we'll have it all up and sided and that we can side on the interior work wow and you're working on it every single day like if, if it's good weather yes yeah, so if it yeah probably even in the rain so i have ken's from ken's carpentry he's got a youtube channel him and his right. crew are coming out we'll be building the the exterior with him and his guy so today we got all the posts so we're doing post and beam with roof trusses we got all the posts cut and notched and then we got the we got the posts and everything put up with the upper headers in so tomorrow hopefully we'll start siding or getting the tin up we'll start strapping the walls and wow. getting a few pieces of tin i'm hoping so that's cool man it'll be that's nice exciting. to have a bigger workshop yes Nice. So we just announced that we're starting and we just redid our website and we're going to be starting an online store. So we're going to be redoing our merch. So we did a bunch of logos, but the big thing is we're starting our own coffee brand. We're starting working with a local coffee roaster. So that will be launching August 8th. Cool. This is when we're going to open the website to start taking orders. So. Gina and Olivia just put out in the mail some packages for you guys today. So you're going to get your <laughs> coffee showing up hopefully in a few more days. Oh, that's awesome. I'm hoping you guys like it. Yeah. yeah we got, cool. We're doing regular coffee. so like a, a hot coffee. And then we're doing a cold brew. And then we have a decaf. Wow. So, so is it yeah, Lumna Acres Coffee? Is that what it's called? Yep. It's Lumna Acres Coffee. We got the, <laughs> the new logos there. Wow, logo and everything. Look at that. Nice. That's cool. Nice. Logo and everything. Yeah. And then we have a local lady that has a coffee company that does the roasting. So we've been working with her to come up with the different roasts. Took us a few months trying different coffees to get the roast that we liked. And then we went with organic, but unfortunately, we can't call it organic because it's expensive as she can't afford to. Right. Or doesn't, you know, it's really expensive for her to get her coffee roast certified yeah. and yeah. right to pay for the label. So the yeah. beans 
the beans are, are, are organic that we're buying, but you can't say there, you know, we can't put on the label organic just because of that. Yeah. So, mm. And the decaf coffee is organic and then it's water, water processed to get the caffeine out instead of like a chemical process. Is it a what, medium roast, dark roast? Um, uh, they're more of a medium light roast. Yeah. That we're, we're going with, so. That's gonna be very caffeinated. Cool. Yeah, I'm looking forward Hopefully to trying. Like... Cool, <laughs> Hopefully you like coffee. No, I do. Oh, I do. Uh, I, that is my second favorite <laughs> liquid besides water. <laughs> right. <laughs> Luckily, it's got a lot of water in it. Water is my second favorite liquid. <laughs> right. That's what I would say. I would taste it. I drink water because I need to, but yeah. I, I like the, the coffee better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's great. Yeah. That's fun, man. Yeah. <laughs> that was, that was, in, so I've been thinking about doing coffee for a while. But like all like the stuff I could find for to like resell was nothing great. So it's kind yeah. of like been in the back of my head. I stumbled across this roaster probably six months ago. And I'm like, man, I really like this coffee. I'd like to do something. And then we went to a tractor show in Maine. And I'm going to say we probably met three to 500 viewers. And every viewer was like, hey, I wake up in the morning. I put your show on and I drink a cup of coffee. <laughs> so we were like, yeah. We need, we need to try this. Yeah. So there you go. That's what, that's what inspired it was, is the viewers. So yeah. I'm hoping that they all like it. Yeah. And I, one cool. of the things I was thinking about is, you know, we, sh all of us, we share, I think all of us do one of this for the reasons is for food, growing food. And you, you get to like show it on the video, but you don't get to like share it with the viewers. You can't sell it. So I think with the coffee, it's kind of nice. But it's like, oh, this is something you can sell. Like the island enjoy this. This is good, delicious. This isn't like Folgers. So it's kind of nice to be able to share with your viewers something that they can actually try that you're using. Oh yeah, no, that's a great idea. Yeah, no, I agree with you there. I mean, it's hard to get into the food business and start shipping food out, and then <laughs> and do you really want to be shipping food right. out? You know what I mean? Like <laughs> that's a whole other thing. So that's tough. Right. To, I can just to imagine. Figure, to figure out, you know. I know I've been watching Ben making all this, him and his, making everything in the kitchen and making all this delicious pie fillings and making me hungry, but he can't, can't sell that on the internet. <laughs> I know. <laughs> yeah, making that, me hungry. The, the struggle is real. Yeah, I, I guess I'll just jump yeah. into my week. Um, it's been a lot of kitchen time. Um, a lot of kitchen time you know if we can't grow the foods we like to eat then we're just gonna buy them somewhere and so uh, we uh, we hit, use Azure Standard they're a uh, organic kind of like bulk food place you can you can put in orders and you can order stuff in bulk well we can get organic cherries from them and so this last month's order we ordered a whole bunch of these organic cherries and they all came in you know it all comes in at once you know they're only picking cherries for a couple weeks and so we got our order for the year and it's all about preserving them so we've been canning we've made jams we've made pie filling and it's a push especially pitting you know thousands of cherries like that but it is so worth it. Like in the dead of winter and you crack open that jar of cherries, make a either a oh, cobbler yeah. or a pie or something like that. Oh, it's it's so worth it. So yeah, that that's been a lot of my uh my past week has been just preserving. We uh we we actually the same time we got all these cherries, we got a couple boxes of peaches. Um anybody who hasn't uh been up on things the southern peach harvest this year really took a big hit because of late frosts and uh i believe it was south carolina and georgia which are the main peach producers in the south had something like a it was like 85 percent loss on the peach crop for the year 
So finding peaches has been kind of a struggle. The places we usually get peaches from, we haven't been able to get them. And we have a connection at the grocery store, and so she was able to order us a couple boxes of peaches. And we ended up eating almost every single one of those. We didn't can a single one of those, but I'm sure I'm sure we'll figure out something else. <laughs> That's to tough, can. yeah. So yeah, it's it's been it's it's been a a whole week of just every day in the kitchen. You know, I can't really handle the heat too well. Um, I've had heat exhaustion real bad back when I was in California, and you know, after a certain time of day, I have to go inside, otherwise I start getting sick. So it works out for me. I get to hang out inside in the AC. I'm doing something. Uh, it works out real good. I I enjoy it. Plus, you know, it's uh, putting away food for wintertime. That's that's also a big perk. Eh, you know, and you're eating the whole time. You're you know, pit five of them, eat one of them. So, yeah. yeah, that's that's pretty much my week. Not a not a whole lot of interesting stuff. Oh yeah, I I did chime in. I did chime in about getting stung by a hornet. Uh, I have shock wire around the inside of my pig pen, and every now and then there's a spot where the dirt gets pretty close on the uphill side to the fence. And after a rain, I don't know why, but slugs like to slime out of that dirt hill and they like to cross that shock wire and they get zapped and it kills them. <laughs> well, probably about once a week I have to go out there with a stick and clean off a pile of these. I mean, they're great big giant, like four inch long slugs. I've never seen slugs this big. Uh, and I have to clean wow. them off the shock wire because it's just shocking. There's just this big lightning bolt of shock. Uh, as that fence is clicking. Well, I was out there a couple days ago doing it, cleaning off a slug, and I noticed there's like there's all sorts of dead bugs right around these slugs, and I was trying to figure out what the heck was going on, and all of a sudden I got hit in the arm, and I realized there was a hornet's nest. Those ground hornets, they're the reason those slugs keep coming around because whatever they're leaving, dead carcasses or waste or whatever, the slugs are attracted to that, and those stupid hornets are living in the hill that I usually stand on when I'm, you know, giving the pigs their feed. Uh, but yeah, one came out and got me in the arm. My arm swelled up great big. It's, uh, it's like, okay, well, I don't know how I'm going to get in there. I can't spray because that's in the pig pen. I don't want the pigs getting right. poisoned. So maybe I'll put on Meg's bee suit, right. and I'll go yeah. down there with the weed burner, and I'll just torch them. Said how many peaches a year do they normally put up? Oh. Where this year you said you ate two cases, right? <laughs> well, you got to remember, you know, we're a family of seven. Uh, that sounds weird to say. I don't right. think that'll ever stop yeah, yeah. sounding weird. Um, <laughs> usually, okay. So we get the place we usually get them from. We buy them by the, I think it's a half bushel basket. It's the the big long basket. We usually get two of those a week during usually from about like the middle of July until we're sick of them which usually we eat peaches all the way up until the end of peach season which peach season is Memorial Day to Labor Day that's the that's the time um, oh wow I would say during the season we probably buy like 12 or 14 of those baskets so it's a couple bushels yeah um, and we'll usually eat about half of that, and then the rest we we preserve. We either make jams, or we just can like we cut them in half, skin them, and we'll just can half peaches. Those are good too. So, yeah, yeah, something like that. Fourteen half bushels. Nice. I don't think a lot of people think about like how much food they actually go through. Like we'll be like, oh, we raised a hundred meat birds this year. Like for what? I'm like. Because we eat two chickens a week, <laughs> like you know. But yeah. I think like a lot of people don't really sit down and figure out like how much food they consume or what it would take or what they would need to raise because they just go to the grocery store once a week and buy yeah. one or two packages of meat or whatever. That's why I'm just curious how, on the beaches how much you do. I mean, even for a small family, yeah. you know. I don't know the exact number of jars. I would have to ask Meg. She's got she's got her spreadsheets, um, so I'm sure she could tell you an exact number of jars. But 
it's a grip of them. Um, we've got jars literally everywhere. Uh, don't come in the house and kick a ball in any direction because you'll hit jars. <laughs> right. <laughs> I know. When you get the root cellar going, Ben. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we do. Yeah, I'm just trying. I'm, I'm the same. I'm trying not to go outside too much. I'm trying to do everything in the morning. And then everything, you know, after six o'clock in the evening, you know. Uh, but I put out a video. One of the videos I put out this week, uh, I think it was me clearing the barn. One of our barns were clearing, clearing around it. And then the la last half of the video, I was putting my heritage uh, turkeys out in uh, at netting, chick uh, chicken netting. I was letting them out of the coop. First time doing that, and on the video, I was like, "Yeah, they, you know, they'll stay in here. They'll uh, they'll go back to their their house and at night." <laughs> I, I can see where you know where this is going. <laughs> and uh, yep. been there, done that. You know, I was saying that all through the video, and I was like, "Yeah, you know, they they know where they're, they've been in that coop for like two weeks." So I was feeling bad for them because it's kind of a smaller coop, and that's all I have right now available. So I was like, "I'm gonna let them out and let them roam around around a netting." You know, they'll stay. They know where home's at. So that night, you know, I already done the video, right? Like I already filmed that. I'm not filming at night. So uh, that night, right before it got dark, I was like, "Okay, I'm gonna put them back." I go out there, and they're all out they're all out of the netting uh, oh, and they're still kind of little turkeys so they're first of all they're really fast and and mm -hmm. they just go right through the the netting squares like the the charge on the netting doesn't even phase because the, i think they probably have so many feathers that they just go right through the netting nothing so i was like I'm never going to get these back, you know? Like, it was just, like, Lorraine, the girls had went to uh, her parents' house uh, for for the night uh, to stay, hang out over there. And so I was by myself. <laughs> and so I was like, oh, my gosh, I have all these, like, you know, six turkeys out. And so I was like, you know what? I'm going to wait a little bit longer. You know, I'm going to let it get, like, fully dark, and maybe that'll calm them down, and it'll be easier to get. So it was, like, 10 o'clock at night. I go back out there and I thought for sure they'd be roosting on the coop you know they'd come back and they'd roost on the coop you know, like chickens that's what chickens would do and so I go out there and they were not there they were nowhere to be found and I was like where did they go and so I kind of looked around and they were like just huddled like like all spread out huddled like in the grass like on various spots and I was like man so like I snuck up on a couple grabbed them I was able to grab a couple put them in the coop you know this is like 10 at night you know then it became 11 at night <laughs> and I was chasing Gosh. all these turkeys with my flashlight and uh I finally got them in after like an hour uh I finally got them in but then after that I was like okay you have lost your privileges <laughs> no more so so I, now I'm going to wait, I think, till they get a little bit older. Or till I, when I have my bigger chicken coops available, because we're going to be butchering our meat chickens pretty soon. So after we do that, I'm going to put them in the bigger coop because that coop is getting a little bit smaller. But I cannot let them out anymore because they just run away from me. They're running away from me. So anyways, that, that's that's what happened there uh, <laughs> that, that night. Um, and then all this week, my my mini truck broke. Uh, I believe it's a blown head gasket. So some of the people who are watching the videos, I'm sure they noticed that there was just white smoke everywhere. Every time I was driving around, just white smoke coming from the exhaust. And I called the mechanic, and he said it's a blown head gasket. So I got to take it there. So all this week, I haven't been using it because I'm afraid that making it worse. Um, so I'm back to doing all the chores with my two legs. <laughs> And uh, it's amazing. I only had that truck for four, four months, but it's amazing like how, how used to it you you get. Because you're like, mm -hmm. how did I do chores without it? You know, how did I do chores? You know, like I was so used to hopping into it. You know, filling up the water buckets and going up. And um, now that we haven't had doing it, man, it's a, it's a chore. So I'm hoping I can get that truck back quick 
but man, it's it's like you need you need two of those. You know, you need you need two vehicles in case one of them breaks down. Uh, but like, <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Like, what if I had larger animals? It would be worse. Yeah. So, yep. so I'm kind of waiting on to take that, and then uh, by the time this podcast is out, uh, I did a podcast last month. Another podcast, um, the Thriving Farmer podcast. Uh, with uh, Michael Kirkpatrick he's been around forever as far as I remember Um, he just talks to different farmers so I was on his podcast and that podcast is out now um, so people can look that up Um, what else oh my finally got a thousand gallon water tank that was delivered Um, so I have that and it's not as big as you would think like what a thousand gallons is i was curious to see i mean i knew how the measurements but like just to look at it in person is different and you're not sure like how heavy it is you know how big it is but it's really not that big it's about as tall as me a little bit taller than me Um, but it's only 160 pounds so it's not it's not terrible like i could move it around Yep. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not picking it up or nothing, but but I could move it, like like shimmy it where I need it, and it's not bad. Um, so yeah, and then I have to move it on top of our property, um, and I wish I could do it with my mini truck. But I was gonna say without the mini truck too. You <laughs> know, I'm gonna have to just use my my truck, my Toyota. <laughs> Um, it would be a funner, funner, uh, better video <laughs> if I, if I, if I could use my mini truck, you know, but yeah, I'm, I'm not going to use my mini truck because I'm afraid of making it worse. Yeah, that's about it. I mean, next with that is I got to build a, something to save the water into it, into that big old tank. Um, so that's what I'm planning now. You built a cow barn. You can build a cow barn out on top so you can get a milk cow. Then you can collect all the rain off of that roof. <laughs> yep. It's all cow. coming together. It's all coming together. It's all coming together. <laughs> yep. Watch, I'm going to get a phone call and someone's going to say, hey, I have a milk cow. Do you want them? You know? <laughs> yep. <laughs> uh, so so the next, your next chicken butchering, are you doing a class? Yes. Jason? Yep. Yes. We're doing uh, two two classes back to back. Is this your last batch for the season? Yes, this is the last two yep. classes for that for this season. Yeah. Yep. That's you got any it. Tickets left? No, we're all we're all sold out. Sold out. Um, wow, awesome. We usually sell out within the first week of announcing it. Um, nice. Nice. And yeah, we have people from all over that come. Uh, I would say, on average, they're at least four hours away. Uh, wow! I mean, we've had people from Minnesota come, they, Pennsylvania, uh, Utah, California. I mean, they fly. They come in and fly in, and uh, yep. just just stay the weekend, you know, somewhere around here. Um, which is cool. Like that, that amazes me every time. I'm like, you know, like, you know, it's a, like I don't, I don't, I would not ever think that. I would just think like maybe it's some local people that live nearby. But man, they're they're from all over. Like it doesn't matter. Um, which is pretty cool. How many people per class? We do at the most ten. Um, it's a good amount. And then they'll butcher at least two chickens per person. So we don't do, we don't do 50 birds. We don't do 70, you know, we'll maybe do like 40 or maybe not 40, maybe 20, 25. Um, Okay. So we're not, you know, we're not doing a a ton uh, all at once. We're spreading it out, uh, which I think is good. It makes it more 
more easygoing day, you know. <laughs> like we're we're done by like noon. Um, yeah. It just makes it more fun for everybody, you know. Right. <laughs> uh, so yeah, you want to make them an enjoyable experience. Yeah, it's enjoyable because I mean, yeah. people buy tickets and they're like, you figure like they'll come with their their spouse or girlfriend or boyfriend, and then like they they're like making it a a weekend a getaway <laughs> you know yeah. which is cool um so yeah you kind of want to make it kind of enjoyable it's butchering chickens so <laughs> yeah. i'm not I gonna make say, it nothing hundred. sounds like a romantic time like let's go butcher chickens <laughs> yeah. I, mean, I, I remember the first workshop we took a uh, chicken butchering workshop it was for valentine's day Lorraine bought it for us for Valentine's Day. <laughs> That's how the the farm was promoting it. Like, buy your Valentine uh, a workshop. <laughs> was this in California or when yeah. you were in the Carolinas? No, it was in California. California. Yeah, it was at Primal Pastures. Cool. Uh, wow, so, nice. Yeah, so that you know, I mean, yeah, I mean, people make it a weekend. Like, go learn something. I think that's it. Uh, we could talk about. A little bit about today's topic which is uh, side hustles so i guess it's maybe we could talk about um side hustles that we've had through you know helping us live this lifestyle um or maybe side hustles that give people ideas that are listening to this podcast uh, maybe they're looking for a side hustle um to help them live this lifestyle me coming from a nine-to-five job and I'm not used to a side hustle, you know, like that's all I did was a nine to five job, you know, it wasn't like, which I never thought of to do really. It never came to mind because the work was enough, you know, so it's not like we needed the money, you know, so it was, yep. so that was kind of hard for me to wrap my mind around like doing different things to make the income, you know, I didn't know what that looked like. And I guess you have to kind of have to be confident in yourself to to do a side hustle. You know? I mean, it's just hard to think about what, what that side hustle could be. I think, I mean, if you're not used think, to that. I think one, for us, one of the hard parts was is the confidence and then you're you're spending money at the same time to try to see if you can make money so i think one of the i forget where i heard it or read it but one of the things that i like the way i like looking at it now is i'm investing in myself yeah you're taking a chance but you're you're invest you know you're investing in yourself i don't know for us i feel like we found that investing in ourselves has been the best investment like i'm I can bet on myself and I know not what I can do, but I know my value and how hard I'll work. Where if I invest in the stock market, I don't know what I'm, I, you know what you're investing in, but you don't know if it's going to do good or bad. So if you invest in yourself in different ways, side hustles or whatever that, you know, it's, it always has paid off for us in the long run. And then you learn a lot time. I mean, what would you consider a side hustle? I think the big one for us when we first started was doing eBay. We started doing eBay at one point to save up to get out of the the suburban area. That's where we started, and then we started. I would fix up used cars, buy a used car, fix that up, and then sell it. But I've, whenever I was doing a side hustle, I always wanted to feel good about it. I didn't want to be trying to be like a sleazy snake salesman. Like I'd want to, if like yeah. if I was buying a used car, I'd buy a used car, but I'd go through it. If I do the brakes, if the brakes were half worn out, I'd still do the brakes. I'd look it over. I would, you know, go through anything. I'm, I want to feel good about selling this used car and not being like, oh yeah, I just took this person through the ringer and made a bunch of money. It's like, yeah. no, I want to be able to sleep good at night and help somebody at the same time. Like, that's kind of always been what the way I try to do it, I guess, is if you're going to do a side hustle, like take pride in it. Right. Oh, yeah. I think it was used cars eBay, used cars. I know before when we lived up here, before we did YouTube, when we lived up in New, northern New Hampshire at first, it was I always wanted a side hustle, 
but where we were, it was remote, and it was kind of like there's not enough people around here to do a side hustle. And then we didn't have internet when we first lived up there. There was no internet, so it wasn't like you could just go online or do eBay or anything like that. Yeah, I think the internet has changed it a ton. No matter where you can live, where you live, you can have a side hustle. Yeah. No, it makes it, it makes it. I think, ten times easier to have a side hustle with that way the internet is, and they have all these apps you can sell on, Facebook Marketplace. Right. You know, if you don't want to do eBay, you can do DoorDash. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Uber. You know, like. Yeah. I mean, we had a friend. She would. She. I don't know what app she did, but she would be basically somebody's personal shopper. She would take yeah. their shopping list that they would send through online somehow and they'd pay her so much and then she'd get there and she'd make some pretty good tip money. So it's just kind of stuff you'd never think about. I guess I could take that back. Like more in California before we moved, like this was, you know, even just out of high school, like both me and Lorraine, we collect a lot of uh, vintage furniture and like we'd always go antique shopping and i mean we would just buy stuff just to buy it if it was a good deal we didn't need another couch but we would buy it (laughs) and uh and so eventually you know you have a house full of just stuff i mean that's cool stuff and you get a good deal so then we would um either take it to another vintage store and sell it like resell it to them so that way they can sell it or or eBay. Right. eBay was huge. I think that was kind of early, early on eBay, um, where you could. It wasn't bombarded with a bunch of that kind of stuff, so people were looking for that stuff. Uh, and being you know in Los Angeles area, like it would just be local pickup. You know what I mean? Like we don't have to ship anything. Yep. So that helps a lot. Because, you know, you don't want to deal with shipping sometimes, and that can be hard. Um, so, yeah, I guess early on, even after we moved out in North Carolina, like, I, I did a little bit of that. Like, I would go, we would go to yard sales early on. I remember one time I bought, <clears throat> went to a church yard sale, and, and sometimes, a lot of times those are the best yard sales to go because they're really, they're really cheap. <laughs> and, uh, and we went to one, and I bought a ship in a bottle. Right, it was this. Uh, it was just this little clear bottle and had a ship in there, like someone had done. It looked like, it looked like someone had made it, and they sold it for me for like ten cents. And I was like, <laughs> I want to sell this on eBay. I'm gonna see how much I get for it on eBay, you know. And uh, I did. I went home and I I just threw it on eBay and I ended up getting uh, seventy five bucks for it. And I was nice. like, oh, see, you know, we could do that. We could do this, you know. <laughs> so, I mean, that that's a side hustle, you know. Just hit the yard sales. I used to find you'd be able to you'd go to a yard sale and you could pick up brand new ink cartridges for printers that were expired. You'd buy them for like 25 cents, 50 cents, and you'd go on eBay and you'd put on them expired and you'd put the date and you would sell them for 15, 20 bucks. I don't, people on eBay searched out expired printer ink for some reason. Kind of weird. Yeah, it's funny. We had thrift stores where we used to live. You'd go and buy like you'd search to the T-shirt. You could buy like a T-shirt for a buck or two, and you'd sell them on eBay for twenty bucks. Yeah, just the vintage. Yep, for sure. People were looking for. Did you do any uh, side hustles, Ben? Like early on when you moved, guys moved out here. So not really since we've been out here. My uh, my side hustles were always I either made things and sold things or I did odd jobs. Um, I used to do a lot of like freelance, uh, odd machine shop type stuff. Um, I had my own little machine shop in my garage, and so I would do that kind of stuff for extra money. Um, At one point, it was early on in our marriage, I used to do wrought iron, and so I would build like wrought iron gates and fences and stuff like that. Um, That was a cool side gig. Um, And then, Let's see what else. Really, I think welding has been one of those things that it has served me well as like a side side skill. Um, there's always someone needing something welded. There's always something that needs to be built out of metal that a lot of people just can't do. A lot of people don't have that skill set. Now, it is one of those things. If you want to learn, 
learn to weld. It is so easy to learn how to weld, but I guess a lot of people are intimidated by it. Um, but yeah, that, that, that's been a good one for me. Uh, even still, like even still, I'm still having people ask me to weld stuff for them. And you know, sometimes it's big projects. Sometimes it's like, can you fix my favorite, you know, rake or whatever? And yeah, that, that one's, that one's served me pretty good. Just the whole, whole welding thing. Now, a side hustle that honestly, I kind of wish I had pursued a little bit more was when I was doing the knife making thing. I really, really enjoyed the knife making. Uh, it's like, it's metalworking, there's fire, uh, and then there's art to it. <laughs> you know, once you're done, it's not just a knife, it's functional art. You know, it's such a beautiful piece when you're right. done. Like, I really enjoyed that that stuff. Which, I'll, I still make knives from time to time, but not like I, uh, not like I used to. Um, and honestly, I, this is one that I think all of us can agree on. Uh, YouTube started out as a side hustle. YouTube was not... Oh, yeah. For a couple years, YouTube was just a side hustle. It was a fun thing to do. Uh, we didn't make any money for a long time. And then once we finally started making money, it was no longer the side hustle. We just, that became our main, main thing. So I don't know if anybody's thinking about starting a YouTube channel. If you want a lot of hard work with no pay for a couple of years, maybe think about a YouTube. Right. <laughs> for sure. It yeah, does. It takes a few years. Yeah. But it's. It's worth it in the long run. You just got to stick with it, I think, like anything else. Yeah. Yep. You could be careful because your side so, yeah. hustle might end up being your number one thing. <laughs> one of the things I think that, is uh, important to, uh, to realize is it doesn't hurt to have a side hustle, and it doesn't hurt to have multiple side hustles. Uh, it's the whole kind of the situation we realize we're in is don't have all your eggs in one basket because if you have multiple income streams if any one of them fails you're not up a creek without a paddle so i think that's where side hustles are definitely important i got a question for both of you about side hustles with your homestead i know like one of the things i always keep back in my mind like right now we grow just our own food it's more for we want to eat our own food but we don't like grow it to sell it because it's I want to say lucrative, but it's more of a pain right now to get into it. But I'm always keeping in the back of my mind, like, I want to build up my pastures. I want to build up my knowledge. Because I think there's going to be a shift. There already is a shift. But I think there's going to be more of a shift with people looking for real wholesome food. And there's going to be a place where it needs to come from. So when that happens, when that shift happens, I want to be ready, whether it's the land or the animals, to just be like, okay, yep, we can implement this and we can start growing more food. I don't know, do you guys ever think about that? For me, that's kind of more of like, okay, yep, we're putting a lot of stuff into our property and our fields, but it's an investment for the future, whether it's for us or our daughter or, I don't know. It's one thing Every I day. Every day. Me and Meg were having this conversation over some uh, uh, onions that we were preserving, uh, talking about our systems, <laughs> talking about how there's a lot of room for improvement with stuff. Like, we need a, we need a cold room. Um, but at the same time, we don't want to stop growing stuff because we aren't able to just stick stuff in a cold room to preserve it longer. Um, really where we're at is we would like to continue learning how to grow food, all of it, meat, uh, vegetables, fruit, all of this stuff. We want to get so good at doing this to where if they're comes a time when there's a need uh as you know meg says uh well, maybe i can't can't say it how meg says darned. <laughs> uh, i'll be darned if anybody comes to my house hungry um that's kind of our uh our, our feelings is we would like to be in a position to where if someone ever was in a position where they came to us hungry for whatever reason we want to be able to be in a position to feed them um, there's a lot of people out there that you know I know that have the idea of it's all mine um, you know I'm going to take care of me and mine and you know forget everybody else well kind of the way 
we feel about it is why don't we learn how to do this to where we've got enough to share if we if we had to i think the good part of that too is is now you can share even though you don't, people don't need it but you can kind of like tease them be like this is what real food is supposed to taste like <laughs> you know have a chicken or have an you know what i mean like then they're, yep. they're kind of ruined at that point like yeah. oh man like we did that our husband was doing a cookout and he was like oh, we're doing a doing a cookout i think it was fourth of july or something I'm like oh he's really good chef and i'm like well what do you what do you cook it he's like i don't know i'm like i got like five chickens I'll donate to the cause you know to kind of like get everybody to have some good real food oh yeah yeah i think about that i think eventually i'm gonna sell s- some food i'm gonna i'm gonna like farm products um yep. can i go back and forth of what that would be you know i, I mean I think it would be ch- probably chicken, you know, um, selling whole chickens from the farm. But, um, you know, it's easier right now. It's easier for me to sell a workshop than it is to sell one chicken, you know. Um, mm-hmm. but it's more worth it for yep. me, right? you know. Um, right. So that's hard. But, like, why not? Why can't we do both, you know? do the workshops yep. and do sell sell meat you know that i mean that is a possibility right and i think eventually we probably will i mean you know i would love to get a greenhouse going in and maybe doing plant starts you know i think about doing something like that i mean yeah it's not like that's something i'm looking into you know, super into. lucrative yeah you know it's not like you're making a ton of money, but like, it's something, you know. It's just a little bit of extra income, just to just to do it. And then plus, you know, people come over. That's another thing. You want people over your house, you know. Uh, but you know, people come over and they you get you know you get to meet new people you know in the community that are over here. You know, and, you know that's cool too. You know, yeah. Like we enjoy that. As a side hustle, I've always wondered, is selling plant stocks more, would you make more doing selling plant stocks than you would vegetables? I've kind of always felt like you you would, but I've never attempted. It seems like they get quite a bit of good money for plant stocks, and you have a seed and a little bit of soil. It seemed like it would be easier. One of the side hustles I I would like to get into is actually selling bare root trees. there's a yep. there's a lot of money to be made selling fodder trees, um, so you know oak trees, nut trees, you know stuff like that. Um, there's a few people that I follow that they'll go plant say chestnut trees. They'll plant you know several thousand chestnut trees, and then the following year they'll sell them as just seedlings, and they'll just bare root them, sell them in the winter. Um, and they'll sell them for you know eight, ten, twelve bucks a tree, times a thousand. You can make a lot of money real quick just for. Yeah. So, I've been this past year experimenting with saving seeds from the peaches and the cherries and all these various things that we we have. And you know, right now I've I've got a you know sixty, seventy peach trees out here that. I'm either going to graft or start giving away or, you know, something like that. We could, honestly, because they've gotten too big. Jason, you're probably going to get a peach tree next time I see you, too. So, <laughs> fair warning. That's fine. Um, That's okay. But it's one of those things. <laughs> I, wanted, I wanted to see what it looked like. How easy is it to just throw some seeds in the dirt and then get everything either potted up or ready to go bare root? It's pretty stinking easy. So this is this is a, a venture that I haven't really talked about, and I guess I'm talking about it now. Um, this is a direction for making money that I'm currently getting into. I'm dipping my toes into right now, and it looks like it's going to be a, honestly a pretty fun way to make money. You're just planting stuff and selling plants. I guess a question to go on, on top of that, Ben, have you ever thought about when you're doing that, like raise some or grow some, like bigger ones, that I'm I'm betting there's gonna be more and more people that get into homesteading that are gonna want 
to start off quicker. Or they're gonna, you know what I mean? So they're gonna be like, I want yep. like a five-year-old tree that's established. Yep. You know, and you'd, you'd be able to probably make more money off of that one. But you'd have to, I guess, you'd have to figure out that system of how to, I guess, get a tree spade or whatever for a back of a tractor, maybe, or if you just start them in pots and just keep potting them up. Or I wonder how that. It, it would depend. I, there's a lot of species that, you know, like they get really deep tap roots, and so if you grow them in a pot, then they're gonna kind of be stunted or. You know, if you dig them up, you risk injuring them. So that's all stuff I'm currently in the middle of learning. Um, but yeah, I know what you mean. Um, trying to find chestnut trees has been a struggle. You know, I've I think I've planted probably 25 of them on our property this past year because um, I finally found places that had them. You know, they show up, and you can tell the the little seedling was grown in a red solo cup. Uh, just by the shape of the <laughs> the roots but they're just doing what i'm getting ready to do well um some of these trees you know they say it's a one one year old tree for i think i paid nine bucks for some of my chestnut trees um they have two year trees for like 30 bucks four year trees were like 60 bucks i mean they just increase exponentially year to year and uh if you think about it if you don't sell a tree this year next year you get to basically double what you're selling it for because now it's a two year old tree so it kind of it appeals to me Uh, I know that my obsession with trees is uh, sometimes I feel like it's an unhealthy addiction but looking at it as I can grow trees (laughs) and I could possibly make money doing this why not a win-win. Well, like we bought our blueberry bush. And we got those shipped in. I think those were probably twenty bucks a bush, and I think those were a couple of years old. So I'm sure that's something else you can kind of. And those were shipped. I'm trying to think where they came from. Those got shipped in from some nursery that was growing them. I think it'd be neat if you had the space to do some kind of like you pick berries or you pick apples or something like that, where you just plant them and then people just come and pick them and you could charge by the pound or whatever uh, I know a couple people that that's what they started and that's what they do they don't they don't really have to do anything you know after you know once it's grown right. and it's producing uh, and then people just come and pick it I think it's kind of I think, I think it's that's neat when you don't have to like do much <laughs> Yeah, that is kind of cool. Well, I know that after planting 70 blueberry plants last year, uh, in a few years we're going to have to do a U-Pick because we're going to be overwhelmed with blueberries. <laughs> How'd they all take? I think we only lost like four or five of them, but we harvested fruit off That's of all. every single one of them. Yeah, it wasn't, nice. it wasn't a huge harvest this year, but I figure next year, next year will be a pretty good harvest. Um this year we had enough. Yeah, because you just planted them last year, right? Yeah, they've only been in the ground a year. So getting to eat anything off of them was kind of cool. It's like, man, we just planted these last summer, and we're, like, already eating blueberries off of them. So that, that was pretty cool. Now what gave you the idea, Jason, to do the side hustle of teaching the classes? Do you always reach out to you saying, like, hey, um, I want to learn this? And I... It wasn't uh, – uh when it started it wasn't so much the viewers i don't think they were really asking those questions but it was more of the local community was reaching out to us like people that we would meet and they would they would know that we raised chickens uh and they would ask us like hey next time you do it can i just come and help you or can i just come and watch you know and so we every single time we did it like the first like few years we just we always meet somebody new and we'd be like hey let's call so and so like they might you know find this interesting you know plus we needed the help (laughs) and uh or you know it's just more funner when there's a bunch of people you know then it's just us just doing it over and over again you know it's just more fun when you have other people there and so just to invite people and um so yeah i mean it was just meeting people in the, the local community and they they asking us and we're like yeah sure like 
yeah, we could, if you want to learn how to do this, yeah, come by. And so after a few years of doing that, then it was like, I wonder if we should like try to, you know, charge and maybe open it up to other people, uh, even the in the YouTube community or the online community. So that took a little bit of, uh, you know, uh, opening our home to strangers mm -hmm. online. You know, like that's right. You're selling it. it. Yep. Yeah. It's You're different. You're selling a ticket to somebody you have no idea. Right. Before it was people in the local community. So they're pretty much our neighbors, you know, people that are in town. Right. Uh, but now we don't know these people at all. But, you know, we're, that's when we decided, hey, let's, let's just try it. And it's been good. 100%. Like everyone that we've taught, they it, it's been a good experience and everyone's super cool and kind and nice and like it, i mean we meet we've met we've kept friends with people that we've met uh and it it's just it's been a really good experience to do that i was gonna ask ben how many big classes have you guys done you've done a few at your yeah, place we've done you? we've done a few. a few um we me and mag actually taught one with our friend billy uh this spring we did it in March, um, and that was that was cool. That was really fun. Um, and then we've had Hand Hewn Farm out here twice uh, to our place, and I want to say both years we had them out. Um, everybody who signed up for our class, we had we had met before. Um, I believe it was all through like Homesteaders of America. We'd met them in person, you know, meeting someone. Uh, at Homesteaders, I think we talked to everybody there at least once, and so that's kind of a lot of people. And then as soon as they show up here, it's like I recognize your face, like I remember you. So that that's been kind of cool. Um, the class we taught this spring, uh, there's a lot of people I hadn't met before, but just like Jason said, we've actually like developed relationships with some of these people. And it's been really cool. And I think what's cool is when they leave the class that you taught and they go home and they do it with their animals. That's that's something that's really cool. So, yeah, we, we are, us as well, we'll be doing more classes. Um, but we're, we're still just getting started with the classes uh, thing. Jason's kind of like a, he's a pro now. He's been doing it so long. Are you a... Meg gonna be teaching the pig classes yourself? Are you gonna have hand tuned farm come or for your house? So you it's, it's that's kind it. of a, a hard question because we really enjoy the hand tuned guys. They have a love for food like we do. Right. Um, they uh, you know, they're kind of they they feed our like our food nerd. Um, but yep. <laughs> what we want out of a class. Uh, we had a lot of fun teaching class. Like we really really had a lot of fun. Um, if we do any more classes here, it's kind of a 50-50. We might do hand-hewn for one of them, and then I'm going to teach the rest. Uh, the thing with hand-hewn is it's a three-day three workshop. That's a long weekend. Um, whereas if I teach it, it's probably only going to be like two days or you know maybe one day. So it, it just depends. Um, probably, yeah, I will be teaching more classes. I think I'm doing like six pigs this fall this winter as soon as it gets cold i'm starting to do pigs and a way to recoup some of the you know money in feed is we could do some classes so yeah there's probably going to be some classes where i'm probably going to get a whole bunch of emails going sign me up sign me up it's like oh maybe i shouldn't have mentioned that just yet right <laughs> now we're going to pigs this fall are they your heritage breeds or are they the feeder pigs yeah the it's gonna be a couple american guinea hogs honestly i'm gonna have four american guinea hogs ready this fall um and then these three feeder pigs you know they're a mix of heritage breeds um you know old spot duroc hampshire berkshire they're just a mutt um but yeah they'll be ready too so it I think I said this a few podcasts ago. We we probably shouldn't have bought these feeder pigs uh, because it's looking like 
a whole bunch of pigs are going to be ready at the same time. And, uh, hey, when it rains, it pours, right? You know what I think would be a, an awesome workshop if you did a feeder pig and an American guinea hog in the same workshop so people can see the difference. We have actually would, talked about doing that. I've never heard of that before. Yeah, that's like, where else could you go and do that? You know yeah. what I mean? I want to get into pigs. Right, like I want to get into raising pigs. What kind of pig do I want to raise? Like, okay, go to Ben and Meg's class and you can yep. see side by side during butchering. Yep. This is the two difference. This one took six months with the American guinea hogs take two years. Yep, two years. <laughs> yeah. And then you can be like, okay, yeah. this is the, the lard. This is what the marbling on the meat looks like. And this is what a feeder pig looks like. Like, what do you want? Yep. And then taste test, taste test. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. Side by side taste test. See, I think what's funny is a lot of people, right. they'd be hooked after doing something like that. You know, just like we were, you know, the first time you taste heritage meat like that, oh man, it's over. It's hard to go oh, back. Yeah. I'll be interesting to see, will you do the feeder pigs again? Like taste wise? compared to like the American guinea hogs like are you gonna like eat the feeder pig like yeah this is good but this is an American guinea hog good. so we uh we did feeder pigs in 21 and they were they were Hampshire Berkshires um and they were good I mean they tasted good but they weren't they weren't American guinea hog or mangalitsa but they were pretty good um I think that was why we decided to do these three feeder pigs we got now um and honestly, like something I've wanted to do since we've been doing pigs is I want to grind an entire pig and turn it into sausage. So having extra pigs, we can do that. You got a good grinder? We don't you have yet. A good grinder, Ben. We don't yet. We uh we know what grinder we're gonna buy. We just haven't pulled the trigger on it. Makes the world a difference. I know. Like we found that the first time we had hand hewn pharma, we had a small one, and it was like hours worth of grinding and then i'm like the next class we do i'm taking the money that we made from the first class i'm investing it into a new grinder it was like okay this took me 20 minutes to grind what took me three hours to grind last yep. oh yeah yeah we're gonna have uh four four cooney cooney pigs all ready at once at some point i'll probably get some feeder pigs in between <laughs> have you had the meat from a cooney cooney versus an american guinea hog ben I haven't. I haven't. Uh, I think that's the only pig I haven't tasted curious. so far. We have a lot of woods. I don't know what kind of breed to get to run in the woods. You know, because we do the regular breeders, then they, they root a lot. Where the, the American guinea hogs, do they root as much as the cooney coonies? Like as little, I should say. Yeah, the American guinea hogs will uproot trees if you leave them in one spot too long in the woods. Um, they uh yep. actually at the spot i've got them right now i noticed that they ringed a uh, tree eating all the bark off of it there's still green stuff to eat so let's start killing trees for no reason but maybe it means they need something <laughs> so yeah the uh, the guinea hogs can be destructive now they aren't as destructive as the mangalitsas were the those mangas were they killed every green thing they could get their teeth on so yeah and the cooney coonies seeing those things they do grace uh i was very shocked like it's like having a cow pig <laughs> it's so weird it's so weird like they are not pigs <laughs> I, I wonder i just thought about this what if you what if you breed american guinea hog with a cooney cooney what would you get <laughs> I don't know. We've we've thought about it. It'd be interesting. <laughs> like breed them, and then like, because right. I I would I would like my cooney coonies to root up a little bit, a little bit. Like they don't even root up a little bit. Like, really, not even a little bit. <laughs> like they graze like like sheep, like a cow. Oh, like yeah. they would just skim <laughs> the top, and but they will not root a single dirt. You won't see not a single dirt moved. Um, but you know, I kind of want them to a little bit. So, but 
They're fun, man. They're easy. So, so easy. We'll see how, how we'll see how, uh, how they, they taste. Right. Do they eat the shrubby stuff in the woods? Or do they just want grass? Uh, no, they'll eat that stuff. They'll eat like, um, like brambles, the bramble leaves, like blackberry leaves. Yep. They'll eat that. Um, the grasses. They'll eat some certain weeds. Some weeds they don't really touch. But, yeah, I mean, they'll... They'll eat all that stuff. Will they eat your food scraps? Yeah. I was thinking if I had a milk cow, feed them, feed them uh, that milk with some food scraps. <laughs> so the question is, when do you get the milk cow? <laughs> I know. I know. Too much talking about milk cows. I, that's that's dangerous. <laughs> right. That's how it happens. Ben shaking his head. <laughs> stop, stop. <laughs> I just got out of a milk cow. What's Lorraine think of this about a milk cow? Is she ready for that commitment yet? Uh, I, don't, I don't know. She's kind of like me, I guess. Like, I'm not sure. Like, we like, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if she's ready. I mean, she wants to, I think she wants to try it. But at the same time, like, well, you know, what if we got to go somewhere? You know, what if we want to go to the beach? You know, stuff like that. <laughs> yeah. You're a homesteader. You can't go to the beach. I know. What do you mean the beach? Like, you can't do that stuff. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, we're, we're way over an hour. So, uh, yeah, those are some just different ideas, I guess. I, we kind of got off topic there talking about pigs, but um, it's, <laughs> you know, it's all... Uh, it's all a side hustle until one relative. of them takes off and yep. becomes the main becomes the main thing, you know. I think it's being aware of certain things. You have to be aware and have your like peripheral vision on of like what can I do to make money, right? Um, right. And it it can be difficult, but search out a need. Yeah, or search out a need in here. What are people asking? You know, what are, what is your friends asking? Or what are, you know, what are they asking of you? And maybe that, that is it. You know, maybe I should start doing more of that, whatever it is that they're asking. Oh, um, yeah, guys, I think, I think that's it. <laughs> it was a good conversation. It was, it was a good talk. Yeah. I enjoy this. Uh, yeah, guys, uh, please subscribe to our YouTube podcast or subscribe to our uh itunes spotify we're on all those apps so thank you guys for listening and watching and hopefully everyone has an awesome week we'll see you guys bye